0: It's going to take months to, to get everything cleaned up. Just trees that have fallen, it's going to take months. And then after that, the, you know, the homes rebuilding, the businesses, and it's, it's just a disaster. That's the only way to describe it.
1: Welcome to Athletes Doing Good Podcast. I'm Shelley Seward, president of Capture
2: Sports Marketing. And I'm sports reporter Jen Latta. Hurricane Laura completely ravaged southwest Louisiana, leaving families and individuals without their homes or small businesses. That's why two Lake Charles natives, Wade LeBlanc of the Baltimore Orioles and Jace Peterson of the Milwaukee Brewers, are coming together to raise funds and rebuild their community through the Operation Rebuild Lake Charles Fund. Today, Wade gives us a glimpse at what
1: it's like going back to his hometown to see the devastation firsthand and tells us how we can help the people of Lake Charles. Wade is another athlete doing good. To
2: join in their efforts to rebuild Lake Charles, click the link in the website description to donate to their GoFundMe campaign.
1: Welcome Wade to our Athletes Doing Good podcast. Appreciate you taking the time to be with us today.
0: Thank you guys so much for having me.
1: So Wade, you are from Lake Charles, Louisiana, where the Hurricane Laura went through not too long ago. And I understand that you're actually back home in your hometown and have seen the devastation firsthand. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've been seeing?
0: Yeah. So um, the day that the hurricane came through, the Orioles actually let me come home because I'm injured. So I met my family in Dallas where they had evacuated to and then from there we moved to a hotel in Houston so that it was a little bit closer and we could kind of drive back and forth every few days and now we're about an hour east of Lake Charles in Lafayette when i saw it the first time it was on facebook live and it was unbelievable you couldn't even recognize the town you've spent your whole life in so first responders and workers came in and and they've done an unbelievable job cuz i got in there with my family three or four days after it happened and there was already so much progress made but it's going to take months to to get everything cleaned up just trees that have fallen it's going to take months and then after that the you know the homes rebuilding the businesses and it's it's just a disaster that's the only way to describe it.
2: Wade describe to us what you saw you mentioned obviously trees being down but when you talk about people's homes what state were they in?
0: There were homes that that just didn't even exist anymore. You drive past it and you just see like the concrete slab that the home used to be on. There's a lot of homes where like a whole side of the house is like caved in. So the roof is kind of falling over that side. There's homes that didn't have roofs, businesses that that aren't there anymore. Just it's kind of surreal to drive around and, and see that. And to be totally honest with you, I haven't even driven around all of Lake Charles, just because I don't really want to see uh, any more than I've already seen, if that makes sense. There's a lot of guilt because we were fortunate enough to still have our home, to still have a roof that is keeping the rain out. And just to see what so many other people that we've spent our whole lives with and grown up with, what they're going through just breaks your heart.
2: What scene hit you the hardest?
0: Probably seeing homes of, of people that you know, people that you're close to, seeing their homes just destroyed and hearing them talk. And now what's happening is with the power being out for the last two weeks, it rains and people don't have a roof, rain gets into the house with no AC, mold grows because of the humidity and the heat. And now people are having to basically tear their house down because of the mold. And start over. So, just seeing what they're going to have to go through for the next, you know, six months to a year is just—it's terrible.
1: It's a long road ahead. Yeah, it is. What made you want to step up to be able to help the community?
0: Just because they've been there, the community has supported me, and I think Jace Jace would say the same thing. This, the community has supported me through high school, through college, through—well, not through college because I went to Alabama, so. Well, they kind of had to, <laughs> they, they didn't appreciate it, that. <laughs> you know, the the waters run purple and gold down there. So I'm behind enemy lines, but you know, through, through college into the minors and into the major leagues, they've supported me the whole way. And it's just a desire to, to want to do something to kind of support them in their time of need, you know, and that's, it, it's just, it's hard, you know, you want to, you want to pick up the trees yourself, but um the best thing, I think, the best thing we can do right now is raise as much money as we can and and get the word out and spread the awareness as much as we can, so that um, so that the community community can start to move forward.
2: I'm glad you touched on the Alabama thing because I have questions. What do people think of you having gone to Alabama down there in the great state of Louisiana? And two, when did they finally decide they'd let you back in?
0: <laughs> well. So I married, my wife went to LSU, so I kind of get to marry back into the state. I think for the most part, I think people that know me understand that it's it's kind of a, uh, it, was, it was a good opportunity to get to the highest level of college baseball. And if that's what you're going to do, if you're going to be in a competitive sport, you want to be at the highest level. So for me, it was kind of a no-brainer at the end of the day. And I was fortunate enough to get a, a full scholarship, which helped my family out because my family it didn't have a a lot of money to, to be able to send me to a big school. So I was able to get the scholarship and get an education at the same time.
1: And find an LSU girl to come back to.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: That's we right. all
2: know who, who uh, deserves the credit here
0: right? Yeah, a hundred percent. She does a hundred percent.
2: Well, and congratulations. Look, we know we talk to athletes all the time, Way, you know, getting a division one scholarship is not easy. It's a lot of sacrifice. It's a lot of time to just get to that level. And then to be able to turn that into success at the next level is a whole nother set of hurdles that guys and women have to go through. So kudos to you. I want to make sure, you know, that we recognize the work that you have put in to get to where you are.
0: Thank you. That means a lot. I really appreciate that.
2: I think we often see, and
1: as Jen said, we talk about some things on quite a few different podcasts, but we often see that the athletes are doing something to make an impact when it's themselves that are impacted the most. And I see from talking with you, from talking with Jace, how much impact you wanted to make. And each time that we've had the communication, there's more and more that you're impacted. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. That's kind of like one of those things where you know, you give somebody a gift while well, you feel better than they do.
1: So there's two ways that that people can donate. They they can donate directly to your GoFundMe, and they can also purchase a T-shirt uh, with the proceeds yep. that will that will go to the GoFundMe campaign as well. So we'll make sure that we put both of those links um, out there within the podcast to hopefully grow that for you.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. We're doing everything we can. Hopefully, hopefully it blows up and we're a little over halfway to the goal. So hopefully it can, we can keep going. Hopefully we smash that goal and, and help as many people as possible.
1: It is. I think going back to talking about what you saw, it's two weeks later there's some trees obviously certainly have made progress, but as you said, a lot needs to be done yet. Um, the area is still without electricity, correct?
0: Yes. Uh, well, actually, for the power has started to come back on. There's crews from 30 different states that have come in and worked on power lines and worked on restoring the power for the last two weeks. So those linemen, what energy, what those power companies have done, it's been above and beyond to say the least. We are uh, forever grateful for what they've done.
1: I think you and I had talked about this a little bit that Lake Charles is is certainly a larger community, but it's not a Houston. It's not a New Orleans. And so the national attention that this devastation has gotten, has been far less, yeah. Um, which I think, you know, as you were, you were telling me, that it's hard to see and it's hard to watch. And that's one of the reasons why you decided to do this.
0: Yeah. There's not a whole lot of, there's not a whole lot of coverage. Obviously there's bigger things that, that involve the entire country going on right now. So it's understandable in a way, but at the same time, man, there's, of an entire community of people that are hurting and that are trying to rebuild. And if you talk to a person down there, a, a majority of them would feel like we're having to do this ourselves, even though, even though, you know, the power companies are, are in and they're doing everything they can and people have come in from everywhere to kind of help where they can. And uh, it just feels like feels like we're alone in terms of getting the word out, helping raise awareness for what, for what's just come through. Because in reality, this is the strongest hurricane that's ever made landfall in the state of Louisiana. There's never been a Category 4 hurricane make landfall. And this is the the strongest hurricane that's made landfall anywhere in America in the last 165 years. For us to see the damage that Katrina caused as a Category 3, that just gives you an idea of what kind of damage has happened to to our hometown and our area, the surrounding areas as a category four, it's just, it's crazy to, to keep perspective because Katrina is kind of the watermark as far as when people from outside of outside of the South that don't really understand what kind of damage a hurricane can cause Katrina is the one they think of as like, Oh wow, that's a hurricane. Well, this one was bigger. So for us, it's kind of like, okay, well now, this should be the watermark and this should be something that people are talking about, but it doesn't really seem like it's getting a whole lot of coverage.
2: We asked this to a lot of the people on our podcast, but why was it important for you to give back? Beyond what the community has done for you, why was it important for you to use your platform to get the word out about what was happening there?
0: God has blessed us with a platform and what is it good for if we don't use it? there's never been a better time to step up and to use what you've been blessed with to be a blessing to others. And for me, it's a no brainer. I'm not Mike Trout. I'm not Aaron judge, but there's something about the letters MLB next to your name that for whatever reason goes a little bit further than just being Wade LeBlanc from Lake Charles, Louisiana. So for me, it's an easy decision to try to use that to bring awareness, to raise money, to help people that are hurting in my hometown and the surrounding areas.
2: Well, and to be honest with you, if a Mike Trout or an Aaron judge says, Hey guys, have you been paying attention to what's happening down there in Lake Charles, Louisiana? They don't have the connection to it, right? So while they may empathize with what people are going through down there, you having been from the area, give it an authenticity, right? Like there's Hey, yeah. this is from. This means something to me on a very deep level. And so maybe y'all will listen when I speak up about what people are experiencing down there. Has it been difficult? I know you've talked about what people have been through, but putting your name and face to this cause means you are constantly reminded that you are not there anymore and that you are on this other level. So you, you mentioned there's a little bit of guilt as well. Can you expound on that for us?
0: Yeah, the guilt just comes from seeing our home in the shape that it's been able to stay in and comparing it to what others in the area. So I would kind of compare it to almost like a survivor's guilt in a much toned down kind of state. But if somebody passes away in a car wreck, but you survive, there would be some sort of survivor's guilt. What was it about us that allowed our home to still be standing when somebody two blocks down, they've lost their whole house. They don't, they don't have a house. Their house doesn't exist anymore. So that is kind of the guilt and seeing that maybe they don't have the the financial ability to just hop right back onto their feet. You know, we've been extremely blessed with with what we've been able to do and what we've been able to save through baseball and other people aren't aren't as fortunate i'm not naive to that fact and that's maybe adding to some of the guilt so in this way we're we're trying to raise as much money as we can we're putting money putting our own money into it we're trying to raise money trying to raise awareness just doing whatever we can to 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 help people that's definitely goal number one
1: so with the funds that you do raise how do you want to help
0: Help people rebuild. There's so many people that have come from New Orleans or Houston, and they're having like drive through tents that people are coming through and picking up meals and supplies and whatever these families need bottled water, deodorant, your basic essentials that they can't get into their homes to get. Places are closed like Walmart, Target, they're closed, so you can't get them there. Just basic essentials there's food, there's water, there's, you know, stuff like that. There's clothing that people might have lost in the hurricane. So, Um, there's some of that stuff, all that stuff's being taken care of, uh, for the most part, for me, what the most daunting task is going to be the rebuilding. And that's where I think maybe people are surviving or they're getting through on kind of adrenaline right now. They're kind of, you know, focused on the day to day. And then once they get through that, I think people are going to start to get hit in the face by reality of the fact that. I have a whole home to rebuild. I have a whole small business to rebuild so that I can continue to feed my kids so that I can continue to clothe my kids, put my kids through school. You know, those sorts of things are are huge in that area. Small business is like the backbone of, of Lake Charles and the area that we live in. So um, for me, it's rebuilding those small businesses. It's rebuilding the college. McNeese State University is a huge part of Southwest Louisiana, of Lake Charles specifically. Jace went to school there. He played there. I work out there in the off seasons. So you kind of help the small businesses get back on their feet faster, help the school, help McNeese.
2: How much thought, Wade, have you given to the way that this is all played out? Stay with me here. Certainly you don't wish that the hurricane would make landfall in your hometown. Certainly you don't wish that you would be injured this season, but there is now this marriage of these situations where you being injured means that you're able to devote this time to this cause. How much thought have you given to kind of, man, it's funny how
0: things work out. I think about it every day. If you believe in God, uh, personally, I think everybody should believe in God because there's too many, there's too many things. There's too much evidence around us to, to say otherwise. But for me, I think this is something that was kind of laid out. I think it's, it's been a, a huge blessing for an injury to happen. I've never been hurt in my whole life. So for me, this is kind of crazy to go through an arm injury because I've never gone through one before. But for it to happen and for me to be planning on coming home the day that the hurricane made landfall and really grateful to the Orioles for allowing me to come home, for allowing me to make sure my family was okay, Who in
2: your family is still in that area?
0: Everybody. My mom, my sister, and her family. My wife, obviously. Her parents, her brothers. She has two brothers and a sister. They're still in that area. The family tree is pretty thick in, in Lake Charles right now.
2: Time out. Before we let you go, who are we pulling for this football season? Is it Alabama? Is it the defending champ, LSU? Think people are curious about where your oh. allegiances lie.
1: <laughs> Be careful.
0: Uh, I gotta go with Bama. <laughs> I gotta roll with the tide always.
1: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Athletes Doing Good. Go to CaptureSportsMarketing.com to listen to other interviews, to hear stories about the person behind the player and the people behind the team
2: who are making an impact on others. To join athletes in doing good, text ADG2020 to 76278 and donate today. The athletes podcast with the most downloads each month will receive the money raised for his or her charity.